You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. And I'm your host, Casey Corbin. And thank you for joining us on the show, the podcast today. And before we get to the podcast, you know what you got to do. You got to water our garden. You got to get to those social medias and spread that love. And uh, follow us and find us and love us and help grow the show. So on the Twitter, hit us up at the ANWTN. Sorry, on the Twitter, we are at TNWPod. Uh, on Facebook, we're at Talking Wrestling. On the Gmail, go to Gmail, talkingwrestling at gmail.com. And on the Instagram, we're at uh, Talking Instagram Podcast on the old Instagram. Uh, follow us on Spotify, put us on a list, give us a heart, whatever you do there. Uh, and if you can find us on the old iTunes, which we're there, uh, rate, review, subscribe, give us a five star rating and a favorable review. I have a favorable review. And guess what? We'll send you a postcard. Uh, from 1983 or 84, of a wrestler of your preference. Lots of wrestlers left. Jerry Lawler, Ric Flair, uh, Kerry and Kevin Von Erich. So many, so many to choose from. So let's get those reviews in and let's mail these postcards out. They've got decades to travel and uh, they want to get to your home. Um, with that said, folks, we have had a great weekend uh, we're coming off our 100th episode. This is episode 101. And um, last weekend, we had a great time. We uh, The show, we went up to uh, Kingston, Ontario, and took part of the Legends uh, Convention held in Kingston, Ontario, uh, par- as part of Chinlock 5 by Chinlock Wrestling. Uh, of course, Jan Murphy has been on the show, and uh, he is responsible for Chinlock Wrestling. And we went up there to visit some legends, meet some fans, and of course take in a wrestling show. And with me, uh, and with me are the people that came on that tour with me. My producer, you know him as the Big Ross Man, the first time on the show. However, he's been a part of every show uh, from Never Sleeps Network. Uh, <laughs> Alex Ross is here. I almost blanked on my producer's name. <laughs> That's okay. And it's only taking me 100 episodes to be on one. I know. Well, you know, we have trouble booking. Um, <laughs> and and from Sirius XM, uh, Satellite Radio, from the Todd Shapiro Show, Bilal. What is your last Bacani, name, Bilal? Don't, don't, yeah. Even my boss is like, just say Bilal. No one's going to say Bilal. Bacani. Yeah, Bilal's fine. But Bacani. what is it? Bacani? Bacani. Bacani? Yeah. Well, Bilal Bacani. There's yeah, no, that's there not difficult. Yeah. That's not difficult at all. I thought it'd be, it looks more difficult when you read yeah. it in paper. Yeah, for sure. And of course, my name is Casey Gorbin. And we were, and the three of us, uh, we went off to um, Toronto to uh, Kingston on a three hour jaunt, uh, six in the morning. Uh, trying to get out of Toronto when there's a marathon going on <laughs> and people are running all over the place oh, with no reason to run all over the place. But sexy people running all over the place, uh, I must say. Bilal. Sexy people. Men right, and women. Right to it, Bilal. I'm just saying. Right to it. I, was, I got up early at 5 and uh, I, I always am too early for everything. Typical radio producer. And Bilal with his binoculars <laughs> looking out of his 
window. Blinds. I didn't know it was like I didn't know that you guys texted me because I was uh, I was in I was behind enemy lines. Yeah, and I was too busy observing uh, people's workout clothes to realize that you guys couldn't get to that street because I had not looked beyond my peripheral vision. No, and we then were I like hustled my ass out. out of there and I had my own uh, relay. It was yeah, good, good cardio. Nevertheless, we still got to the uh, convention center on on time. Uh, made nice time actually. Mm. And um, with a McDonald's stop, yep. with a McDonald's stop, with a yes, up. and uh, and that's and it was fantastic. So we get there, we set up the booth, yep. And uh, before we knew it, it seems like we set up the booth, and before we knew it, there was already a hundred person line to see mm-hmm. Bret Hart. Yeah, oh yeah, it was it was insane. They opened the doors at ten, and the place filled up fairly quickly. And it, I would say the Legends Convention kept a good pace mm-hmm. right up till like one thirty, maybe even two o'clock. And they did it in a way where I feel like everybody got what they wanted to get out of that mm-hmm. convention. I don't. Th- I didn't hear any complaints. I yep. didn't hear we didn't get to see this person. So I was really impressed. Impressed on that front. Yeah, like at the last minute, Aaron Anderson had to pull out because he had back problems, and it any happens. wrestler that pulls any wrestler that pulls out because of any injuries or that are bothering them, understandable, uh, you know. And uh, at the last minute, Lex Luger. Uh, filled in for Aaron Anderson, and he's in Buffalo right now. That's where he lives, mm. and he made it up to um, to Kingston and uh, to fill in. So you might have been out of the brainbusters, but you still got two of the four horsemen, depending on which horseman you like. And um, I'm going to be honest, Lex was very, very nice. Mm. I enjoyed talking to him. We talked about the Buffalo Bills, and because uh, he was he's from he lives in Buffalo, and he but cheers is he for the from Bills. There? Like, why would you want to live in Buffalo? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's why did cheap. Rick? Why did Rick? You make your money go farther. Yeah. You know, my friend lives in Buffalo, and uh, he was living in Cherry Hill, and he just finally said, "Your dollar goes farther when you're living in Buffalo," and uh, yeah. So I guess that's a good place, economically feasible, mm-hmm. and you can save your money easier. And then if you want to make your money go farther, go an hour up the road to Canada, you know, and your money will double as soon as you put it in the bank. So. Why not? He used to play in the CFL. He played for the Montreal Alouettes. Lex Luger? Yeah. Crazy. He's, I didn't know he's that. One of I didn't the, know that either. He's one of the youngest CFL Grey Cup winners. He Come won. On. He won the Grey Cup in 1978-79. Well, no wonder that guy's a narcissist. Yeah. Uh, he's, Sorry, he's, this is why I've only been on one episode. No, in this 100. is funny. He is a narcissist. Yeah, and at times people said he was also a narsehole. So, which is a form of a narcissist. It's just a... A more egotistical mm. narcissist. Is that even possible? I don't know. See, this is the funny thing. is uh, I So I interviewed everybody but Lex. So I will talk more as soon as we get past Lex. Um, cause I, and I think part of the reason why was I think they he sort of came in, took the spot that was available to him, and then as soon as the next person was in, he got out of there. So that the next, so he really was the ultimate team player. Like, you know, he just came in, did what he needed to do, and then the, it, everything else flowed perfectly because it was kind of one booth after another. And I don't know who kind of popped into Lex's spot there, but he kind of just popped into the middle, held his ground. And then, you know, as people came in, he sort of came out and they kept it going, which is great. Yeah. And, uh, and we, so we, Bill Al and I, uh, can, uh, we found a, uh, we made up a system. We figured out a system mm-hmm. after we both while stood we're in for, line for Brett. Yeah. While waiting in line for Brett, for it took us time. 20 minutes to say, wait a minute, <laughs> why don't you just wait in this line and I'll go meet everyone else. Because, yeah. you know, he just wanted to wait in line with me to get to meet Bret Hart because he didn't have a ticket hmm. where I had all the tickets. And the security were pretty strict. They're like, 
you only have one ticket, you only get one autograph. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who the fuck does this security think they are? <laughs> I didn't know, but turns out later on that night, I would find out that they were all convicts for CJ Felony. <laughs> so, Which was awesome. I love when any wrestler <laughs> has like a crew. Yeah. A lumberjack match ready to happen. Yeah, exactly. I look, I looked at them and I was like, that looks like a bucket full of nails. So it was because they were all convicts dressed in orange jumpsuits. <laughs> Like nails from the uh, '90s, in case you, in case you missed that, if you're a wrestling yeah, I was fan born and you missed in it. Yeah. So um, '86. Yeah, these guys don't get references. I tried to reference uh, Michael <laughs> Michael Douglas's Walking Tall, not Walking Tall. That's The Rock uh, <laughs> yeah, falling apart. No, what's the movie where Michael Douglas just falls apart? I can't falling down. Oh, that's the movie. The game. It's not the game. <laughs> I tried to reference movies to these guys, and they kept on. No selling me on my movies all weekend. No selling. So, so anyway, um, this is our weekend back in podcast form now. Pretty fun. This, you know, and it was great. And uh, so we get there, and first in line was Brett, but then I jumped out of line to go meet Tully Blanchard, and um, he looks good. Tully Blanchard looks great, but you know he's a minister and he's got God on his side, so you know I'm sure he's doing quite fine. How old do you think he is? Um, I don't know. I would say. No, not 70. I would say he's probably in his late 50s. I'm going to say 60, and then I'm going to look it up. Look it up. Okay. Now, I said late 50s, so if it's 50, if it's 59, you don't win. Oh, yeah. Because once you go over the showcase dollar, you're over, you're out. I should, yeah, I should have asked. Uh, okay. Oh, 65. 65. Jackpot. So, yeah, he but he looks great. He looks and uh, He looks better for 70. I, I asked him specifically uh, why... Why does nobody in wrestling ever use a slingshot suplex anymore? Mm. And he said he didn't know because he was the only one. And I'm I wasn't sure if that was true because I always thought Rick Rude used it occasionally, mm. but I'm not 100 percent sure. So um, it was interesting talking to him. Then he said Tessa had used it in a few matches, mm. and then we went to talking to how great Tessa was. And I said I can't wait. You know I love what she's doing with Impact. And I'm a big fan of hers, but I really can't wait till she gets to the WWE and her and Charlotte start their horsewoman feud. Oh, awesome. So that's his daughter. That's his yeah. daughter, yeah. Cool. Well, it's his daughter, but oddly enough, um, she was raised by his mom. Horses. No, she was raised by... <laughs> Sorry. No, she was oh, raised God. by her mom, mm. and her mom had split up from Tully, but her mom, but she, her stepdad raised her mostly, mm-hmm. and her stepdad is Magnum TA. So Whoa. not only does she have one incredible father as a wrestler, she's got two legendary fathers as wrestlers. Mom's got a type. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was funny because Magnum TA back in the eighties had a seven match series for the U.S. title, and apparently the rights to Tessa Blanchard. Uh, but cool. you know. I don't know if that's crazy or not, but not only did they, like, you know, I don't know how it ended up, but she's fortunate enough to have two great fathers in wrestling, and uh, she when she started wrestling, she didn't even tell them that she was going into the business, and then they mentioned it to Tully, and Tully's like, what's going on? What? She, for, for a full year, she'd been wrestling training, and then, because she didn't get her dad's permission, and wrestling schools were like, we don't want to train you without your father's permission, because... Your father is Tully Blanchard, and your dad, your dad, you know, and your grandfather is, you know, um, uh, what is his father? The father's name, 
like she's a third generation superstar. So I'm trying to remember Tully's uh, dad's name. I want to say Stanley Blanchard, but I'm not 100% sure. Anyways, he used to run a territory. So Tully was great. And then I also met uh, uh, Lex Luger in that time. And then we finally got back into Brett. And uh, let me add one thing to Tully because he saw my Sirius XM mic. So I was about to, I, I go up to him and I, this is basically what I do. I say, Hey, I'm from Sirius XM. I want to ask you a question. And, and I usually tell the security guys first because what ends up happening is, you know, usually I wait. And if somebody's there for an autograph, I just wait. I let them go and, yeah. I, and I just talk to the security guys. Most of them vault like we're part of the Kingston and they're, they're cool, you know, salt of the earth guys. And I just enjoy talking to these guys and they enjoy, I think, enjoy talking to me. Um, and then when I went up to Tully and he saw my mic, he said, hold on, before you ask me a question, I need to ask you about Sirius XM. And Tully was trying to figure out how to get it on his phone. He's yeah. like, how do I get my car radio on my phone? I'm like, I'm right, there's an app, but you have to use your email to log in. I'm like, if you know the email you signed up with and maybe you set up a password, you might be good. Probably not. You're probably gonna have to call them and set it up. He's like, well, can you call it? I'm like, well, like I work in the building with the IT guys, but I don't really do the subscriptions. But then I kind of, you know, after the interview, I kind of gave him a little nudge. I'm like, but if you tell them to lower your plan, you know, that probably will do it if you renew. You can probably get like, you know, 20, 20% off if you ask. You know, you so know I, it starts with one favor for Tully. You know, he works, yeah. Yeah, that's just it. But no, he's he's a he was such a treat, and as one of the first interviews, so I just kind of asked him, you know, like you know, is wrestling has it ever been better? You know, um, has the has the women's division? I don't even remember what else I talked to him about. I have to listen back to some of these interviews. But he was so good and gracious, and he's the kind of guy like once you start talking to him, if you had any doubt about what you threw out to him, it goes away because he just kind of takes it in, sets it up. And, uh, you know, again, it's probably one of the interviews I don't even remember, but it was it was really cool to, to talk to him. And this was, you know, early on, I was just starting to get steam. So, uh, very cool. We eventually got to Bret Hart. And, uh, Maybe an hour later. Well, as oh, it took about as maybe. long as that story. And, <laughs> and didn't go much further. No, no, no. We got to Bret Hart. And uh, I didn't take a picture with Bret Hart because they're so stingy on the autograph thing. Mm. And I wanted to get two things autographed. Uh, Danny Granger, who has been on the show before, the Sharpie artist, who does incredible Sharpie artwork. Um, when he was on the show, he gave me a Brett the Hitman heart Sharpie artwork, like a, a 18 by 11, and um, of Bret Hart in his Sgt. Pepper's jacket with the Intercontinental title. And I love it. I love it. Um, I wanted to get that signed. I also, um, I had a picture of Jimmy Anvil Neidhart hugging Bret Hart from 97 uh, when Jim and the Anvil Neidhart first came back to the Hart Foundation. Um, I, th- that picture was in a frame, so I had to take it out of the frame. And the frame had stuck to part of the picture, so I could not, without damaging the picture, take the full picture out of the frame because it's stuck to the glass. So I had to like bring it in and be very delicate with it and hold it up so Brett could get his hand in to sign it, but he could see how delicate the situation was too because you're going to want things signed by the whole Heart Foundation, by Jim and Brett. I only have two things. So, you know, it's very cool that I got that. I was very happy. And um, 
last okay so after uh all in or whatever what was the last aew mm-hmm. after starcast the we watch wrestling boys were at the uh, starcast they met bret hart there and matt mccarthy said as i was talking to him he goes i wish i had one of casey corbin cds to give him to say hey our canadian friend's really funny you should check him out and uh you know check him out because he always plays calgary and and i and I, when I listened to that, I was flattered. I was like, oh, you know. But then I thought, well, why can't I just give him one of my CDs? Mm-hmm. So I gave him one of my CDs as well as my talking wrestling card. Mm-hmm. And because, uh, you know, Bret Hart knows a lot of guys in the Toronto mm-hmm. comedy community. Uh, Gary Rideout, who mm-hmm. was just here, yep. um, knows him very well. Uh, the Rap Battle Boys, uh, Jason Sensation, mm-hmm. you know. Um, plus I have, I have other friends that have worked with Brett, so I know he likes comedy. So I just gave it to him. He said he was going to listen to it when he got home and he sound, he, he sounded yeah. like he was genuine yeah. and I was, it was just really, really nice. And then you asked him, oh yeah, who his favorite Canadian was. And they sort of told me before you get one question. He's just like, well, we're in Kingston, Don Cherry. And that, that was the whole, that was it. Yeah. Well, you know, while we're in Kingston, I think I got to go with Don Cherry. Yeah. You know that's that's pretty much it. It's a great answer. And then, uh, and then as we was leaving, I was like, "Oh, by the way, I'm really glad your everything is okay after that whole thing at WrestleMania." And he was like, "Thank you." And then, oh, sorry. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, he farted. If I you farted. And I don't it was know like, if Mike got the fart. I'm like, I've got. I said I'm really gassy before the show, oh and it was just like, yeah. bam. Alex has opened a window as well. I've been trying to hold him in, which not it's not a good idea. Yeah, the mic doesn't pick up farts. I don't think you have to hold them in. Oh no, no. I thought Alex looked at me because the thing went woo like the <laughs> like have you ever seen the uh <laughs> like guys have like, you ever seen the our weekend all over again and this is what's like a little more wrestling. descriptive than most have you ever seen have. have you ever seen the scene in uh, Oh here comes the movie reference that they're uh, not gonna get uh, Jay and Silent Bob where they're, you ever see Jan Silent Bob? I feel like I've seen it. Like, I, there's a scene where they, the girls sneak into the diamond place and they have to go through all these lasers. And then at the end, one girl farts and it sets off the lasers. Anyways. That's pretty funny. That's what I felt like there. I just sort of Thank like. Thank you for that reference, Casey. Hey, um, you're making fun of the weekend. Bilal, why don't you tell us uh, what you said to Billy, badass Billy Gunn and what his response was to oh you about God. us. Uh, well, okay, so it's, it's a multi-part story, but I'll cut it down. So firstly, when we're in line with Brett, I see Billy, and he's walking out, and I panic. Like, and I think, Casey, you saw it in my eyes. I'm like, Billy's leaving. I don't think he's coming back. So I run with my microphone. And I say, Billy, can I talk to you? And all he says, you know, and I'll just try to paraphrase it, no, I'm going to lunch. And then he just walks out. He's an ass man. <laughs> so that was attempt one. Attempt two. Jesus. Casey farted again. Attempt two. I go to the booth. There's nobody else there. There's nobody else at Billy's booth this time. I think this is my chance. I told you I haven't been feeling well these last couple days. I think Lee put something in the eggs. Oh, fuck, man. Yee. His name was Yee. He was our Airbnb host. Nice guy. Yee. 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 He's from mainland China. Yes. He's uh, my main man from China. You've only... Egg and bacon breakfast since 
us. That's Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> it's late That's the only for it to be coming back. Two days. Well, it, no, besides the uh, Denny's, Denny's dinner. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah Denny's, with, with yeah. Uh, Jimmy Hart. Broccoli does go right through me. Fried chicken. Mm. Yeah, Delicious, though. Two days ago. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't, um, eat, I didn't eat anything yesterday. <laughs> there he goes again. Uh, anyway. It's, it, it could be. I'm sorry. I told you I needed Pepto Bismol. <laughs> <laughs> get Alex to stock, get Pepto as a sponsor of this podcast. This is, That'd be some integrated this content. Is, this is gonna be, this is a memorable episode. Before <laughs> we that I came on the fucking show for the first time. <laughs> Alex, you got to cut a reel of all these farts and send it to Pepto Bismol, and they'll sponsor the whole network. Maybe. Oh, uh, you want me to go on with Billy, or do you need a little more time? No, no, this? no. Go on with Billy. I'm <laughs> so done. I'm done. Step farting. two. He's at his booth. No, I'm, nobody's there. Just me and Billy. He's like, no, nah, I'll do it later. I got the fans. And he can kind of see in my face. I'm like, okay, no problem. But he can read me that I'm just like, I'm not coming back. And he said, no, no, no. I promise I'll do it later. So that's fine. So I let everything else go through. Skip ahead towards the end of the convention. Again, nobody's there. So I go there. And I go, can I do it now? And he's like, oh, for hell or for fuck's sake or something like that. Yeah. He finally does it. And I, I started by saying, I, I'm sorry. I bugged you later or earlier. And then he sees Jan, and he's like, let me tell you about this guy, Jan Murphy. He brought an effing limo for me. I don't want a damn limo. I'm like, listen, you know how I got here with a comedian and his producer, or a stoner comedian and his stoner producer. I didn't tell him it was a Corolla, but I think it was implied. It was a Mazda. Oh, no, it was a Corolla. Oh, it was a Corolla? Fair enough. (laughs) You were really stoned on that drive. Uh, and And I'm like, that's how I got here. He's like, oh, no, that sounds way better. I'd rather go with those guys than be in some goddamn limo or something like that. And I just, like, I, we laughed. Like, that was hilarious. Yeah, and, until you spent five minutes with Casey in the front seat, <laughs> farting and yelling in your ear. I did not fart at all in that seat, in that car, in that it's trip. It's yeah, true. it was amazing. And I'll say the other thing that Billy said that was different from anyone else. I have this default question. Like, has wrestling ever been better? It's like my filler question. Yeah. And Billy, maybe just because he was in a bad mood, he's like, you know what? No, it's crap now. Or I don't know what he said exactly. And he's like, the Attitude Era was the best. And that was the big... I'm like, oh, you're the only person to say that. And then he kind of went down a tangent of how, yeah, there's all this crap out there and there's all these different things. But it's... You just don't have the stars that you used to. You just don't have the audience that you used to. And he made some very good points, contrary to everyone else. And I found it really, really fascinating and interesting. So that was that was very cool to talk to him about And that. Blau, let me say something. You are nothing but a fucking pro, mm. even just now, proving how strong you are and straight you are with, with you know, Hurricane and Tugboat and Earthquake all over here. <laughs> <laughs> and, all rolled into one. I do have a natural one. disaster going yeah. on with you right sure now. Fucking did. But it, over the whole fucking weekend, Bilal's the most professional, like in, in the best way possible, not in like a nerdy way, not in a corny way. I was yeah, pretty nerdy. 100%, pretty corny. Yeah, but in a good way though, not in a way that annoys you. Like I feel like the nerd connotation or something, it implies some sort of annoyance. Could I was impressed. It, it makes other, you know, when you have a good team player, it makes mm. the rest of the team that much better. Yeah. Mm. Bilal Vacani. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I will say, um, yeah, I didn't, I had no idea what to expect this weekend. I felt like I was working for yuck yucks back in the day. And I got, I got, you know, the, they used to call it like, the way they used to book, it would, you'd be with like two random people that you'd never worked with or never even met before, and we used to think it was like the yuck yuck slot machine. Like, this is how who's gonna work? Who's gonna go up to Barry this weekend? Ching ching ching, and it's just three random comics that never mm-hmm. even. And I it, this was kind of like that. And as somebody who spent his spent his life going on road trips with artists and guys and girls and 
just uh, comedians. Uh, this is another road trip, and you know, you really bond on these road trips as as individuals. I find, and uh, you know, I feel. I just feel a lot closer to you guys after this road trip. As as we do you, but, it, you know, the highlight really was when Jimmy Hart was our fourth on our road trip coming back yeah. from Kingston. Well, let's not jump the gun here. We it's got a, a whole tease, wrestling though. card to talk about. That's a about. sexy tease. They, who, what's that? That's a sexy tease right there, bro. Yeah, we'll like see you in 20 minutes, Bilal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Producer talk. That's the thing, too. Bilal, I never oh, get yeah, to I be with... The terms pro- yeah, we don't get to be... I don't get to be around a lot of other producers or managers... Mm-hmm. And then we got Jimmy Hart, the ultimate manager. But continue, yeah. The cart. Let's talk about the whole the whole experience. Well, okay. we had well we had other people to talk to too. Like, and here's the great thing: it's like, hey, people, fans of the show, remember the meltdown I had at House of Hardcore and how I couldn't deliver any interviews? Well, thank you for having the big Ross man at the show with us, because um, he was really pushing me to go. Get interviews. He's like everybody's, and everybody was getting interviews, hmm. and there's me. All four of them. Well, no, no, there was I'm like, they were like, all of a sudden it seemed like it was me and you mm-hmm. and one other podcast there, yep. and then all of a sudden you looked and everybody had mics attached to their phones and boom mics and stuff coming mm-hmm. out, and everybody was now interviewing people, and I'm like, who the fuck are these people and where are their booths, you know? So, um, I really. You know, I thank you, Alex, for pushing me because without you pushing me, um, I like, I'll just say this Jeff McHenry, a friend of the show, was also in Kingston doing shows with other friend of the show, Fiona Fiona O'Brien. And she said, Oh, it must be great. Casey must go up there and he'll probably get interviews with all the wrestlers. And Jeff laughed and Casey doesn't like to approach people, he hates it. And I was like, and I do hate in approaching people. If I'm in a situation where they're already uh, in our car and they don't have a choice but to talk to me, <laughs> I am the best at that, you know. But um, but like going up and approaching someone, like mm. I went up and approached Mark Henry. I'm too tired. All right, sorry, you know. And I turned around. You got turned down yeah. by Billy Gunn. You kept going back, going oh, back. I, 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 See, I figured it just made it better and better. To be honest, well, I need that resilience as well, and I need you know, and I need to be pushed. And uh, thank God to his pushing, where we got a nice little interview, a little interview at a hornswoggle. Don't mean to say that, but Oops. it was it is a short. Uh, we didn't get <laughs> the interview with. I don't even know how to say this. The interview with uh, hornswoggle is just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, longer interviews. Uh, I got a great interview, a decent interview with um, Fred Ottoman, otherwise mm-hmm. known as Typhoon, Tugboat, yep. Big Steel Man, uh, Shockmaster. Um, we talked about the flair for gold that the Shockmaster was on. Um, you know, actually, let's just let's just go to that uh, the uh, Shockmaster interview right now, folks. I'm here right now talking wrestling live at Chinlock Five. I'm here with uh, with uh, the Big Steel Man. I'm here with Typhoon. I'm here with uh, Jeepers Tugboat. I'm here uh, with Fred Ottoman. Fred, thank you for joining us in Kingston. How are you doing today? Good. What about the Shockmaster? The Shockmaster, he always gets forgotten. You poor. It's okay. It's going to be all right. It's okay. Here's a, well, it was a moment of yes. time, and everybody talks about the Shockmaster. Yes. But the fact is, that whole flair for gold was a shit show from the beginning. Oh, don't poo-poo on the flair for the gold. No, no, no. no. There was, the blocking no, was terrible. Their backs were towards no, the audience. It was no. all over the place. Well, it's <laughs> there again. 
You know, you got a wall that ain't gimmicked. You got guys out there that are, da, 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 but I love them all. Okay, it's my, it's my favorite. I love that. In, I love that whole interview because I love the British Bulldog, where he's like, uh, he fell on his arse. Oh, even before he's like, everybody's cooking. WCW is cooking. Uh, Sting is cooking. The British Bulldog's cooking. And then later on, when he goes, I think he fell on his arse. What about Sid Vicious? Yeah. Oh. From start to, and Ric Flair just yes. disappears halfway through the segment. Well, he, he didn't want to pee his pants on the set, okay? <laughs> it's just it's, a, it's it's one of the greatest from start to finish. It's one of the greatest things. And it was live. It was and live. It was, that, it was not recorded. That is so insane. it made it even more special. Now, yes. how come Lucasfilm never got a hold? The, the bedazzling of a Star Wars helmet and Lucasfilm never sued. That's very oh, rare. It's only Disney that does that crap, okay? And now they own it, so you better okay. watch your back. Oh, somebody put a fake one up there the other day. Disney says you can't because there's cosplayers that play Shockmaster. That's oh, you can't do it. Cease and desist. And you're like, I am the Shockmaster. That's it. That was oh. before trademark. Sorry, can't do anything about it. And uh, out of all your characters, yeah. who is your favorite to play? All of them. All of them? All of them. That's it's like asking, who is your favorite wrestler to wrestle? Uh, 30 years, 300 minimal matches a year for 30. You do the math. How many times? Uh, 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 I have a hard time remembering my own name and my own phone number, okay? True that. True that. <laughs> it's Especially, the you, you get yes. four identities going. So, uh, five. Oh, more than that. Uh, uh, I came in as the Terminator into... Uh, after the movie came out, my first territory in, in Texas, I wrestled as Big Bubba, yeah, superstar Big Bubba, Bubba the belt collector, all three in Tennessee. I actually had a dance contest you can pull up on YouTube. If you think the Shockmaster incident is funny, you need to pull it up because it's me having a dance contest with Rocky Johnson, the Rock's daddy, where I break a boombox and completely in half over his head. That is so that's awesome. one for the fans. Look it up on YouTube. It's live. It's real. And you won't believe it. But you, again, you'll be laughing. We'll be laughing. Thanks, Fred. Thanks plus, a lot. For the oh, moment. yeah. Plus, you get to see my dance moves. I am light on his feet. Anything you want to plug right now? Uh, anything no, going on? No, I'm going to St. Louis Comic Con next week. Uh, next weekend, uh, we're going to have fun there. Me and Luca, cousin Luke of the Bushwhackers. People still hate me because I turned on the Bushwhackers. The most lovable, the most lovable characters in WWE. Yeah. Yes. That's it. When you make it funny, you make no money. What? The, what? Uh, the, the sheep herders <laughs> did that. That's not true. With the sheep herders, they the went sheep, funny. No, the sheep and herders they made were the most bloodiest, vicious over heels in the business. Yeah, and, and it's hard they, to believe that that's the same tag team. Oh. True to that. Be, st be still my heart. Thanks, Red, for your time. I appreciate <laughs> right, it. Thanks for coming no on. Thank you. And we're back. So, you know, that was a decent-sized interview that we could get uh, as compared to the shorter interview, Swoggle, which is right now. I'm here talking wrestling. Casey Corbin here with Hornswoggle, or Swoggle now, as they do call you. Uh, Hornswoggle, thank or Swoggle, uh, thank you uh, for joining us in Kingston. How was, uh, how was the trip in? Long day, but it's uh, I'm here. That's what matters. That's grateful. That's grateful that you're here. Uh, I love your shirt here. It says "Famous Wrestling Midget." Yes. And now, is like, is "midget" uh, an offensive uh, word in wrestling, or are there more offensive words? Many more offensive words. I uh, the word "midget" makes me money. Put "midget wrestling" on a poster. People know what it is. It's always been "midget wrestling," as far as I'm concerned. I think when you start calling it other things, people get confused. Um, so that's kind of cool. And uh, 
did and now um, Hornswoggle lives underneath the ring. Uh, were you bothered by Titus O'Neil when he went under the ring in Saudi Arabia? He he intruded out of my home, and anyone who, if you intrude on anyone's home, they're not gonna they're not gonna enjoy it. So when he did that, it was very. Uh, he did. He didn't even knock. He didn't even knock. There you go, Titus O'Neil. Way to go for bothering Hornswoggle at home. And one more question here I have for you, Swoggle. Um, what are your plans for RJ City tonight here at Chinlock 5 in Kingston, Ontario? Going to bite an ass, going to win. You're not worried about getting bundied? Well, all by 120 pounds of them? Nope. There we go, folks. RJ City, you're in big trouble when Swoggle takes you on tonight. Thanks, Swoggle, for your time. Appreciate it. Have a great day. So there we go. I tried to be funny with Horn Swoggle. He was fun, funny back with me. And uh, we got to the bottom of the thing. In wrestling, you can still say midget. Midget makes some money. That's what he said. Oh. So, because I always wonder that. Because it's never, you never hear of little people wrestling. You never hear of any other type of wrestling. Mm. But it's always been midget wrestling. It's like midget hockey. I was going to thought that you were going to say midget porn. But anyways, it is. I, I think that carries too. But yeah. yeah. But you, but uh, the proper terminology is little people, right? Mm. So, or so I've been told. So, except I have Swoggle. And, um, yeah, it was just a great day, a long day. And then we went on a second adventure uh, to our Airbnb. Okay, and I was going to say, can I can I do one or two more interview stories? You can, of I'll course just, you can. That's I'll, what you're I'll here pick, for. I'll pick the best ones. Um, so, uh, and I'll correct me here, Alicia Atout? Yes. Okay. Alicia Atout, I think. Atout? Oh, no. Uh, no. So, they her... Alicia. Alicia. Uh, Alicia yeah. Atout. So, it is Atout. Okay. Um, so... I was, we met her dad. Her dad actually came to your booth. Yes. Naturally, by himself. Yes. And then he told us about her daughter. And then I kind of had to ask you to make sure it was the same person. Because I know who she is, but I, I, don't, I haven't heard her name a bunch. And then she shows up, and she's standing there with her dad. And I go to her dad. I'm like, you didn't tell me she'd be here. You gushed on and on about your daughter, but you didn't tell me she'd be here. And sure enough, I pulled the microphone out. I had about a four-minute chat with her. Because what ended up happening was she is so positive and so happy that the interview went from... You know, how's it going? And she's like, it's amazing. You know, I love it. I'm from Pickering, Ontario. And now I've got this great job to, well, Charlie Caruso recently got let go by the WWE. And I like, how much creative control do you have? And she's like, I can do whatever I want. And I pitch it to Cody and those guys. And maybe they give me some suggestions. But my life goes on. And then after four minutes, I'm like, well, your life sounds great. I have nothing else to talk to you about. Keep on rocking because what else? Like, I don't want to bring her down. I, like, that's that's amazing. So, yeah, and, that was and great. And she had a tough decision to make because um, Steel Panther on the weekend, which I did not know, and I don't know how I didn't fucking know this, but Steel Panther were in London on the night of the 15th, but the night before they were in Barrie. Yeah. I I don't understand how I did not know they were they were in Barrie on, 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 on Friday night and why I was not in Barrie on Friday night. I'm glad I wasn't because I was run down from Saturday and Sunday. Mm. However, um, she had invites to go be at the like satchel come on down and see us in mm -hmm. london invite from the band yeah and you know like luckily you know she knows where her money is i guess mm -hmm. and that's right now it's going to be wrestling yeah and she's a so, hustler she wants she was the guest ring announcer for the uh, yeah. the women's main event and i'll say the other th the other thing about her is she you know of all the people i i talked to there she was the one who actually retweeted when i sent a photo out and she's got like fifty thousand followers yeah and, she followed me back, and then we aired the interview on Todd's show a few days later, and she retweeted that. 
And I, I think it's easier when you don't have as big a following to be as immersed as she is. But I remember going through a timeline and it was literally like her and Dustin, uh, uh, you know, Goldust. Yeah. And then it's like me with her. Yeah. Like, that's some pretty good company on the timeline to be right after Goldust. You oh, know? yeah. You know, and even in the interview, she talked about how much she loved Goldust. I don't think she loved me that much and how much, you know, how cool it was for her to follow her, but to follow him. But she and you could see her there with fans and stuff. She really is good. And she's 24. So maybe it's easier when you're young and you're just on social media all yeah. the time. And maybe you're not paying for cable. No, I'm sure she has cable. Um, but she's just really, really immersed in her fans in a way that I, I just don't see. Like, you know, I don't expect anyone to be that immersed because i don't yeah. really i don't expect tommy dreamer or billy gunn to retweet when i tag him in a photo billy gunn i don't even know if he took a photo with me to be honest i'd have to check but you know like that was very cool i got a couple of pictures with billy gunn from first time and last time that i met him through mm-hmm. uh tommy dreamers like these shows that jan murphy puts on tommy dreamer is like the main man mm-hmm. behind jan that helps him yeah do these like there's a great crew jan has with CJ Felony and Jason Rees and you know it's such a great crew in Kingston they put on the show Sammy Callahan I could not make it uh Pepper Parks from Buffalo also came up and filled in and put on a great match with Willie Mack which is probably definitely the match of the night um the most nostalgic match of the night was definitely uh Tyson Dukes and Tarek uh Tariq versus uh from smash toronto the pillars mm-hmm. and they were against um badass billy gunn and, and tommy dreamer new dx the new dx <laughs> yeah and uh the old age outlaws yeah and that was the most nostalgic match Hold on. spencer rice was in their corner spencer rice was in their corner doing an tony clifton type andy kaufman grand wizard type character and i got thrown out of the match pretty early it was great it was great and it was funny, and uh, but I think the most entertaining match of the night for me, uh, RJ City is just so entertaining, mm-hmm. and uh, his match with Swoggle was very great. And with with uh, I don't know, very great you can say that, but that's what I give this match. It was fun, and and Nug was out there as well, managing him and doing mm-hmm. his thing. And I, you know, I know Nug from Aftermath. And yeah, from Aftermath. Comedy, we would know him. But yeah. this was cool to see him in that capacity along with Spenny. Like, you don't... He's a good know, heel manager. You don't get to see this. And, and I did talk to Spenny. And obviously, I work with Todd Shapiro. And Spenny knows him. And as soon as I said I worked with Todd Shapiro, it wasn't like he was talking to me. He was talking through Todd, to Todd through me. Yeah. So he's like, hey, Todd, how are you doing? What are you doing up in your cottage? And you're not getting your ass down here getting dirty like I am. And then I sort of threw it out. I'm like, why don't we get Todd here next year? You can both be managers, but you do an interference spot and you put him through a table, Spenny. Because I'm like, all oh, the wrestlers don't hate him yet. They don't know him well enough. Like, Let's do this. And he was all for it. I chatted with Todd a little earlier today and he's down. So I think we can make that happen at the next chin lock. Todd would be a great manager. Yeah. And he'd be even better going through a table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you try to take some of your workplace I, I'm just saying, out. You know. Him. He's got that dad bod. He's got a lot of cushioning now. Oh, I think geez. this is the time in his life to to do it. And uh, he'd be a hero to his son. And his son could never be like, oh, I'm afraid to go through a table. Be like, no, daddy did it. You're going to be a tough boy because I'm a tough man who got put through a table by a pro wrestler. Somebody's got issues with their boss. Wow. No, I'm just saying I'd be entertained. I think a lot of people would be very entertained by that. Yeah, my, my talent just wants to fart in front of me. 
Hey, this will make the blooper reel at the end of the year. You mean the fart reel? Yeah, with look at anytime there's a bunch of fart. Look at my old roommate Boomer Phillips made a career of farting. The guy has been paid to fart. Or Rouse literally uh, (laughs) sending, literally call him the log father for sending poo videos to his friends. Oh, but but Boomer Phillips can fart on command. Yeah. He can, yeah. Yeah, he can I've breathe. He can, he, can <laughs> breathe. he can breathe. He can breathe. Yes, he pulls in his yes, ass. Yes, yes. I think it's called breathing. No, no, well, he no, does. It's called he, sucking. Yes, he sucks the air in and then he it's pushes it out. Breathing. He prefers breathing. He, he prefers, prefers that breathing. Term. Yes. He has gills in Ingesting. his asshole. So and he can load it up and like he did that. So when he when Howie Mandel came to town for how he do it, oh, no. um they hired Will the Farter from Howard Stern. And Will DeFarter is, well, first of all, he's got a prosthetic asshole, so he's not even a real farter. He's like Boomer's the real thing, mm. and um, and so they contacted Boomer, and the thing is, is for that first sketch, it was like full relaxation yoga. So it was a woman doing yoga, but the guys beside her kept just farting, mm. and it was all part of the sketch. It's like, and she's like, "I'm not farting," and he's like. You're not relaxed enough. And the whole thing was like, <laughs> but she's like downward dog and they're down and they're like, Mrrr. and it's um, such Wait, a. Was that the fart noise? Yeah, it's such a. A vuvuzela? Sure. Yeah. So it's just such a Howie Mandel sketch. <laughs> and, uh, but then he used Boomer for more sketches and stopped bringing up Will the Farter because Boomer's Canadian, so it's a credit. Mm. And then also, he's less expensive than Will the Farter from Howard Stern. So probably comes at a price tag. Can you imagine the CRTC review? It's like, did you get your uh, correct number of Canadian actors? Yeah, yeah. The farter put us over the top. Yeah. He was like, we were going with an American farter. <laughs> but turns out we found this Canadian farter that nobody knows about. And holy fart, can this guy fart with a better than farter than fart, fart, fart. Ooh, so. Um, can con farting. Now, um, we went to check out the Airbnb. And uh, we uh, stayed at... Uh, a beautiful house. Yeah. We had two bedrooms. Um, there was a master bedroom. And then there was a, a well, the kids' bedroom. <laughs> and uh, and these guys spent the night in the kids' bedroom. Yeah. I basically just went there and went to sleep. Yeah. I, yeah. I've never seen someone fall asleep faster with another man in a single bed next to him. Well, I've never seen a man fall faster during a live podcast with Jimmy Hart than this guy in the back seat. Okay, Listen, that I was thought, fucking hilarious. I thought, I thought, man, is this, is this, am I shit in the bed? Like, I'm not. Is this not good enough? Like, Bilal is sleeping behind me. <laughs> not only is he sleeping, is I heard something coming from the back seat that I wasn't sure what it was, and I'm like, no way, that's Bilal sleeping. Yeah, he was sleeping. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's just a power nap before I interviewed Jimmy. He was you crushed the, that power the, nap. The, the whole, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because my soothing voice uh, put him to sleep, and uh, and the he's, best he's, is, a, he's got big boy hours now. He's got know, forty hours a week that he's yeah. not used well, to. Well, the friggin' big Ross man Ross report po- podcast before us. Ross never sleeps. Was uh, going on before us. Just warming up Jimmy for you. you That's pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna say this, and uh, I don't know, Alex, who you have to talk to. I assume it's yourself. I feel like you should just do a pre-interview podcast. You know, just warm people up or check, you know, who should go to which show and just pass it off as content anyways and get your name on it. You're well, not wrong. I do. I, I, I literally had to like, wait. I wanted to be the guy without a microphone, not just talking to him about his career, but not just being like, this is for me. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was very funny because it was like, you started getting into quite, I'm like, okay. And then at one point I'm like, now we're getting like, cause then I started talking and then I we started getting into questions that I'm, I'm like, no, we just need to get this going because yeah. 
Now we're getting into questions where that I want to go with, and I want these on the show. I was warming everybody up. Can I explain why I fell asleep before we get past uh-huh. it? So I coughed once, and I felt so bad, because I'm sitting right beside you in the back seat. Jimmy's in I the front. I farted four times in this show already No, but already nobody tonight. could hear that. Well, no, Jimmy Hart's not here, thankfully. And, and Jimmy, yeah, and, and I don't know. So anyways, so, you know, I, I coughed once into my sleeve, and I'm like, crap, I can't be, Casey's, this is a whole thing with Jimmy. I can't, I can't be coughing. So I just start doing a breathing exercise. <laughs> And I'm just listening to your interview. I'm going, breathe in, breathe out. I'd rather you in, cough and then look like you belong out. in a coffin. Let me just say that. <laughs> I looked over. I thought you were dead. <laughs> you were just like, eh, your head's down, That's your true. eyes are closed. I've never seen <laughs> someone sleep. I wasn't even tired, but <laughs> like it was that. such a soothing interview. And my breathe, you know, there is something to be said that if you breathe a certain way, you can put yourself to I sleep. I was impressed that and you could I, do that. I've actually trained myself to do this, to sleep better. Because I, I have an Apple Watch, so I track my sleep every day to the minute. So I'm very like this is my number one thing pretty much is I didn't know if I didn't know if you wrestled a match against Brutus Beefcake <laughs> or if you watched a match with Brutus Beefcake. Oh, Either way, you both you took a nap after it. It worked out great because I interviewed him after and I felt very refreshed. Now <laughs> you interviewed Willie Mac too because oh, I yeah, told yeah. you that's Willie yep. Mac. Go interview him. I don't know why. Like I kind of knew deep down it was him, but I'm just like let me just make sure. And I didn't want to like pull up my phone from but, Lucha Underground on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. and uh, here's the thing with Willie that was so cool. He walked in. He didn't really have a booth. He was just looking around. He had his Shazam shirt. So I asked him about a comic, a bunch of comic book nerd stuff. I won't get into that, but it was great because we were just talking about DC. Um, but then I was like, you know, he's like, oh, who's here? And I'm like, all right, let me give you the names and get your reaction. And I said Bret Hart. He's like, oh, shit. And he's just like marking out at all these names. And it, it was that moment, and I kind of reflected on this a lot, where, you know, I've watched – I saw I saw AEW, and I saw what other people had done with their coverage. And I'm – I absorb as much as I can. I watch almost everything on the WWE Network. I watch what a lot of other broadcasters do. You know, I listen to your podcast. I listen to other podcasts. And I looked at the names people got at AEW, and I look back on what I was able to do and what you were able to do when we went up there. And I mentioned uh, Alicia Toot, I mentioned Billy Gunn, uh, I mentioned Bret Hart. And if I start to mention more names, Tommy Dreamer, and we keep going, it's better than what people got at AEW. Like, people that are bigger than you and me got less at AEW than we got in Kingston in terms of interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Jimmy Hart. Like, I don't think anybody had something on the scale of Jimmy Hart. You know, like, I saw somebody interview Dean Malenko, and that's really cool. Maybe we should put in a request for uh, Dean Malenko. But beyond that... Oh, no, no. At StarCast, there was... The the WrestleCon at StarCast hmm. was great. It was great, but you couldn't get a certain caliber of person to talk to anyone. Like, hey, my, Jericho... my friends mm-hmm. got to talk to Kevin Nash. Yep. They got to talk to Bret Hart. Yep. These are... How how much bigger do you yeah, want? Yeah, that's really big. These are the We Watch Wrestling guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like, I will say, Todd got Chris Jericho on SiriusXM before, which yes. is great. Like, we got Jericho, and I'll give Jericho a big shout out because I did something very brilliant on Twitter. We thank you for that on cue oh, fart. Fuck. It was this, that brilliant. Casey happen. had to fart to celebrate. Oh, we're um, already open. We had the little AEW trailer. And we put it up as a tweet. We didn't put a photo of Chris. We did that for the, like the big tweet. We're like, hey, Chris is going to be on AEW this weekend. We got him on the show. We can't wait. And Jericho retweeted that. And we did a massive, I will massive tell you, thing. Jericho is usually fairly good at retweeting things. Awesome. Especially um, he's got 3.8 million followers and, or whatever. And, yeah, Holy and, shit. And yeah. getting back to me. Like, like what for example, a um, couple years ago, maybe two, two years ago. No, last year, I went to the Buffalo Bills Raiders game. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I'm in, in between plays. They play heavy metal music at these games. 
And so I, in between the game, I hear, I become, I become, I become. I'm like, oh, my God. They start playing Judas. Mm-hmm. So um, as soon as I got back to Canada, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, Fozzie Rocks. Yep. Hey, Chris Jericho. I was at the Buffalo Bills game yesterday. They played Judas in between the plays. Congratulations. You wrote an an NFL rock anthem hit. Mm. And uh, that got retreated by Fozzie, by members of Fozzie, and by Jericho. And you are wearing a Fozzie shirt, I should point out. I love Chris Jericho. There's no... He's he's an awesome dude. I'll, I'll add to that story. When he came on with Todd, uh, Dave Bookman had just passed away, Indy 88 radio guy yeah. here in Toronto, who Todd had worked. Uh, I couldn't even hold the fart in for that. The guy died, Casey. Damn it. And no, no, but uh, he. These are just like thunder. It's you just thunder. You could hold one. Yeah. It's could, just thunder. That's the only one I wanted you to hold. I would have been fine the rest of the hour. It's, anyways. It's thunder. So, but anyways, Dave Bookman, uh, great, unique, unconventional radio guy. And Todd had worked with him a little bit. And uh, he had just finished kind of memorializing him the day before. And out of the blue in his interview with Todd, Jericho said, hey, uh, did you know that Dave Bookman guy? I heard he passed away and I did some interviews with him. And they just both kind of connected and talked about that. And it's just like that's the kind of guy Chris was. And I don't care. Like, you know, I book all sorts of different people on that show. They're not all wrestlers. There's some news guys, politics guys, sports guys, all those guys and women. Um, but, but people don't do that. And, and Jericho is such a nice, giving guy. I don't think it gets enough credit. Maybe it's because he's such a great heel now. And we always just think of the list and all the different characters he's done and how much he's reinvented himself. But I just want to shout him out and say, you know, I totally concur with your story that he's just a great, giving guy. So I met him and um, I brought... Uh, also, Okay, so back... So again, when I went to meet him, um, Danny Granger who was on the show, who gave me the artwork of Bret Hart, yeah. which I also got autographed by Bret Hart. I didn't get to finish that story because oh, the fart started. <laughs> it was um, but with the Bret Hart picture that I got autographed, Bret was like, looked at me, and he was like, do you mind if I take a picture of this? Mm-hmm. I was like, because you could tell he loved it. Wow. And and I was like, not at all. And I was like, it's by my friend Danny Granger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does a lot of art of a lot of wrestlers and a lot of rock stars. And, uh, yeah, he's done several of you, mm-hmm. several of Owen, uh, the Bulldog. Like, he's like, his Instagram page is incredible. And, uh, and he, and Brett just took a couple pictures of it and, uh, signed it with a black marker. I wish I had my silver marker on it because mm-hmm. silver works best on the black. Because uh, I got, when I went to meet Fozzie, this mm-hmm. is why it ties in. Um, he asked me, can you take this Fozzie picture mm-hmm. and get it signed by the band? And I said, yes. And he goes, and would you mind giving this to Jericho? And it was uh, a hockey card, Sharpie drawn, of his father, Ted Irvin. Wow. And so I gave it to Jericho. Loved the picture of Fozzie. He's like, did you do this? I'm like, no, my buddy did it. He asked me to get an autograph for him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm like, so I'm waving my autograph to, you know, get this signed. Jeez. And then he's like, that's nice. He goes, yeah, also asked me to give you a gift. Mm-hmm. And then I took it out of the box, and it was all in a frame and everything. He's like, this is beautiful. This is incredible. Thank you. And I was like, can I get uh, this signed for me, though? And I slipped in a Raw magazine. (laughs) Classic Casey. Because I tried to get two things signed from Tully, and uh, the guy from Upper State, New York, in in the orange suit, like the security guard, was like, no, no, only one thing. And I was like, he's doing his job. Fooey, you know. Um, So I got a magazine cover with Tully autographed a magazine cover with lex autographed 
And most of the just the, the chin lock pictures that they gave you automatically if you didn't have something, mm-hmm. they had something to get signed. That's great. So it was outstanding. And the card was great. The card was fun. The women on the card as well were all great. Mm-hmm. Um, one already contacted us, mm-hmm. the Queen of Lego. She, Wait, she, is Lego? The Le- yeah, the Queen of Lego, Addie Starr. Oh. Has already contacted us about doing the show, so we'll have her on in the future. That's, That's awesome. right. And and she's, I've been looking into her since today, mm-hmm. since she since uh, she contacted us, and um, timely prep. She she has had matches against Nick Cage, not Nick Cage, Nick Gage. Okay. Nick Gage, a former prisoner, uh, ex convict, uh, almost killed David Arquette, and oh, you might yeah. remember him from my Survivor Series reports. Because I was at that match. She yeah. wrestled this guy and, in a hardcore death match. And so, um, yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. She was in the four-way. Yep. Uh, that was won by, um, who was won by, uh, oh, the, the, the selfie. The Niagara t- Falls girl who's danced to Kesha? Yeah, well, April... That's my description of her. Well, April did not win, and mm-hmm. it was the other one that we didn't meet. Yeah. But I've met the other one before. I've met... And April seemed very adamant that she was going to do the podcast. Yep. It was very, you April know, wowed Alex, by the way. Alex would not shut up about April for about an hour. Well, he pestered me to go over mm. to her and talk to her That's for about an hour. That's a good producer right there. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, will you... April Jones. What, you right. got April Jones' last name? Yeah, I found out her, what her last name was. Well, there we go. Yeah. And I'm trying to find out who the winner of the women's was. I will add that it Madison... It was Samantha Mack was the, um, was, was the champion going in. Yeah, from Kingston. From Kingston. She's Huge the selfie pop. queen. Yeah. Actually, I do believe um, that she lives in Toronto now, though. But oh. she was trained by Santino's. Uh, Santino. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because Santino's, Santino's a mutual friend of ours. Has been on obviously your show and our and you know talk well, show. Well, he wouldn't be on our show if it wasn't for your show. Uh, you know. Santino's an amazing guy. If you had reached out to him, I'm sure he would have said well, yes. Yeah, but it was it's a lot. It's a lot easier when I'm sitting beside him on your show. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's where we met, and mm-hmm. uh, and then he came on our show. So and it's great. And he also has enjoyed my CD. He actually nice. sent me a letter. Said I loved your CD. It was fantastic. So, Santino's great. Yeah. Um, we wake up in the morning. We wake up first of all. You and Alex wake up on time. I sleep in. But that's fine. We, you know, like I woke. Up, I'm an early riser, anyways, because mm. the birds start chirping. They keep me up. So, I'm an early riser, and uh, I wanted to go out and air out the car so it smelled mm. nice because Jimmy doesn't smoke pot. Oh yeah. And um, so I didn't want him to think that we're. You know, he was traveling in the drug mobile or the cheap. Yeah, it wasn't Billy Gunn. It wasn't what he was looking no, for. No, no, we want a better vehicle to go home in. <laughs> Although we might have smelled like weed because we we're smoking weed right before we picked him up. <laughs> but, um, but we pick him up at the Ambassador Hotel, and um, some fans are in the in the uh, room, like in the oh, the lobby. lobby. Oh, I didn't even know as this. As we're part. checking out, yeah, and they're like. They gave me a hug. They gave Jimmy a hug. They're the, they're the fans that they want their kids to be on the show. Mm-hmm. They said their kids had been in Impact shows and Smash shows. And, like, their kids threw a couple of punches at someone in this show. I can't remember who it was at. But some of these kids, like, mm-hmm. threw a couple of punches at, I don't know, maybe it was Tariq or something like that. Mm-hmm. But somebody that knew the kids. Yeah. Um, Willie Mack, though. Back to Willie Mack. That mm-hmm. guy can go. Amazing. Not only can that guy go, I... 
am not as avid when it comes to wrestling knowledge like you guys. Um, you I say that, know... then we pull out a picture of you in a suit wearing a Ric Flair belt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why Wait, we claim to fame. Yeah, I'll, I have I'll it. I have it. To see it. That's, that's how I, I got Casey to sign on to Never Sleeps Network. I just sent him that picture. I said, Dude. I'm a wrestling fan. And I blackmailed myself. But, like, I didn't know who Willie Mack was. I, I just didn't. Like, yeah. I, when I saw him walking around, it's funny. I thought he was just, like, maybe a fan. Like, mm-hmm. no joke. Like, he, well, he had a Shazam shirt on. He was yeah, very casually dressed. He so dressed. casual. Might have been stoned. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Whatever. He looked cash. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with it with wrestlers time. up yeah, here. No. That's that why, like... fucking move. That's why, like, if we can get... If we can get Matt Riddle to meet Fat Riddle for a <laughs> joint over... Like, look at... If he tests positive for marijuana after going to Canada for a weekend, that could just be secondhand smoke, Vince. Yeah. All right? So mm. let Matt Riddle and Fat Riddle get together and, uh, you know, let's make this I, uh, smoking thing for real. I want to ask you something, Casey, because you're such a wrestling guy. Who do you compare me to Al- and Alex to as wrestlers? Because we know you've got the Fat Riddle thing. And I wanted to make a JR joke with Alex Good because question. of his name. Yeah. But I, like I don't it, have it. JR. And I'm worried. Am I cerebral palsy or what happened to he's him? The big, he, he's he the big Ross man. Yeah, I think that fits very well. But then I worry <laughs> with me and where South Asian wrestlers and Indian wrestlers are. We don't have many options in terms of the Bollywood boys. And I hate Bollywood movies, so that would be my least favorite. And Jinder Mahal. I, mean, I like that you call them the oh, Bollywood boys, which they were really original like name. the original names. Yeah. Of, yeah of, which yeah. was a better name than the Singh brothers. Cause it's just, you know, it's like a default brown person name. It's not Well, Bollywood people love to sing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not that kind of thing, though. I know it's not that kind <laughs> of thing. It's called a pun. We're clearly the like rockers. That. Yeah, maybe. I love how uh, the bushwhackers, the nasty boys. No, 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 no. Um, no. I don't Alex know. could fall into a Paul Heyman. Yeah, you. You know, it, given the given the right Brock, given the right like character to manage, I would love yeah. to be in a Paul Heyman role for sure. Um, Blau, who would you be? I'm just trying like to Jinder think. Ba- Jinder Mahal before he got jacked. No, like not even. Could fill not out even. Three no, yeah. I think you're like. I think you're like Jazz. That's who I think you are. The female wrestler. Yeah. You're like jazz. I'm definitely not that jack. Jazz is. Uh, I've seen jazz wrestle some great matches here in Toronto. I will say that. There you go. Um, and you don't you see me topless as much. <laughs> you're like the. Uh, you're like the one, two, three kid. I don't know. I feel like. Are you supposed to be a wrestler from like this time or? In no, the it's past? gotta be this time. Oh, I'm not much of a past. Time? I'm not like I'm. I'm a guy who got into wrestling around the Attitude Era, so we can't go. T- and I. And I really like where wrestling is now. I like the progression. I like that we don't have like you know pillow fights, and I you know and I I really I studied pastoralism. Okay. So I'm a firm believer that people they love the past, but I don't think the past is necessarily the best. Um, I'm gonna say, um, you know that girl that wrestled Kenny Omega? Uh, crap! I don't know her name, but it doesn't matter. That's yeah. you. You're about the same size. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm a straw weight. I'm barely 120 pounds. Yeah. You're yeah. you're definitely somebody. Actually, I am you, a straw weight. Maybe you're Jimmy Hart. Like Jimmy Hart is not very was not very yeah. or maybe you're the Haiti kid. Um you could be any of those. I could be Selena Vega on the male. You, you could be Vega. Selena Vega. You could be Selena not Vega. Not as athletic, but you maybe be, as good looking in leather pants now. Maybe you're AJ Lee. Maybe, you know? Yeah. You're I don't definitely think I could someone pull. that's not very big. Yeah, um, definitely in the small category. Maybe you're uh what's his name? Uh Murphy. What's the guy's last the guy that's oh. always last in the arcade uh, race? Oh shoot! Twenty four seven. Oh yeah, Drake. Uh, did, uh, oh Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick. Oh Maybe yeah, crap. Drake Maverick. That's pretty spot on. 
Because you're very, you're like the smallest guy on the roster. I'd be great at managing the cruiserweights too. Yeah, or maybe you're General a cruiserweight. Manager. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we'll just put a mask on you and you're Rey Mysterio. Or I can just be, I can be the backup for the Lucha House Party. Or the loser house party, as Nigel McGuinness so greatly calls him. Oh, that's so clever. Um, <laughs> I love Nigel. You could be Sasha. Sasha Banks. Yeah, I've definitely not shown up in the WWE in a long time. Or ever. Uh, have you ever uh, not got your own way and just lay down in the middle of the floor and <laughs> kicking your feet? Not yet, but I should protest? try that. I should try that. It's worth a shot. Um, oh, my God. We had a great... Uh, yeah, so the rest of the, the, the matches... Um, you know, there were a few other matches in there with, uh, like, okay, well, we got to talk about the the Kale, um, the Kale Murphy uh, championship that uh, it looks like it's currently being held by, after winning two matches that night, mm-hmm. CJ Felony has won the title, and that is not good, because Kale, the Kale Murphy championship is a championship named after Kale Murphy, who is Jan Murphy's brother. And Jan Murphy has no time for CJ Felony as they are mortal enemies. And this championship uh, being on the waist of CJ Felony right now is not only a slap in the face to Jan Murphy, it's a slap in the face to uh, Chinlock wrestling fans all across uh, Southern Ontario that watch the Kingston product. And uh, coming up next on their next big card, uh, Jan Murphy will be actually stepping into the ring mm. trying to defend his brother's honor and win that title back. That's something to be said. And uh, I don't know. I've had CJ, like, I've had, okay, CJ is a split personality. And I, I don't say, know if you know that. You have international, I'm sure you have international listeners, or, or at least some in the States. Um, and I do want to say, CJ reminds me a lot of Dean Ambrose. He's got that shield vibe. It's like if Dean Ambrose went to jail and had a bunch of jail buddies. That's kind of the vibe I get from him. He's got the, what was the face mask? The backclava? The yeah. Backclava? I can't say it. Um, Balaclava. Yeah. I, I don't know the comparison for Jan because he's certainly doing a lot. Uh, I don't know if there's a Shane, like a Shane McMahon in a face era kind of thing going on. Like Shane yeah. when he when he goes. Well, he's the GM. He's yeah. the GM of the product, you know, and, and, uh, and, and the owner mm-hmm. and... You know, so he in in this scenario, he is the McMahon. Maybe even the Triple H because he's a face, and he, you know, if he bulks up enough, I think he, I don't think he can get Triple H's physique, but I think he'll be a powerful guy in the ring. Well, it, it's going to be interesting, regardless, to see what happens, and uh, so that's going to happen. And that was like, you know, that's what I enjoyed about the card because they had some great matches that had nothing to do with storylines, mm-hmm. and then they had the ongoing storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of uh, threaded through the evening. Yeah. And it started with Jan, got attacked before, at the start. Which me and Alex uh, missed because we spent too long at dinner. That's all right. We had a great dinner at the Lone Star, Texas yeah. Bar and Grill in Kingston. No, we didn't. <laughs> no, Two we of us, really of us did. had a great dinner. I tipped 15%, even though I didn't know in Kingston if that's the default or if you can drop it 5% from no, Toronto. Right. I tipped her really well, too. Because yeah, she did a good job. I wasn't going to question it at that point. Really I really enjoyed joking. talking to Eganville. Mm. I can't remember her call name. But we knew this. We knew similar people. I thought you guys were related. No, <laughs> but we knew a lot of the same people. Yeah. Well, that's how small the Ottawa Valley is. Yeah, good point. So, um, you know, so it was great meeting her, and then uh, we finally got home, and uh, you know, back to the Airbnb, and up the next morning, and I'm for breezing out the car the early oh, yeah. in the morning, 
we had some struggle with the bicycle racks on the back. Yep. Once we figured out that, and I uh, helped you guys with that. I just sat in the car while you guys did that and felt all the vibrations. Of well, we it, it wasn't it a four-man job though. It. You guys, and you had Yi backing was... you up. You know, nobody's gonna mess with that. Well, uh, we're fine. Yi was Yi was uh, actually very smart and helped out too. Fucking eager dude, man. He didn't. His wife was in China mm-hmm. for vacation. His two twin boys are in the Bay Area, San Francisco. He's a man alone. Although probably Warriors fans, let's be honest. They're a batch. He's a bachelor. <laughs> You know, alone in Kingston in this big house, and then three bachelors or three, can we get a link for his Airbnb on this podcast? Men? If anybody's in Kingston, can we can we pump his Airbnb? Yeah, yeah. I've already given him a five star review you tweet and, it out. and vice versa. We will put a link to Yee's Airbnb. Airbnb. This episode is officially sponsored by Yee's Airbnb. <laughs> get a free credit for next year's gym. If long. you want to, if you want to go to a place and have some great breakfast. And uh, it was really a great. Yeah, and, the and, man and, can fry an egg. And and ask him, are you Chinese or from Thailand? What is it? Because oh, I see on. both. Look, look, that's amazing by Alex me, that he could even tell the difference. I have no idea. Yeah, to me, the guy had a lot I of... go in there and everything is Asian. That's the way I look at it. And you don't ask questions. I don't ask questions. <laughs> Alex is de- de- deciphering probably... different Asian artifacts from different Asian <laughs> artifacts. And he's like, this is it's not Indiana from... Indiana Jones. Is, is this from the Ming Dynasty <laughs> in your corner? Because I noticed the other oh. things are from Thailand. And then he goes... He goes oh, my God. And then he goes, I, he goes well, I remember he, at one point he told us he runs marathons. <laughs> and Alex goes, oh, really? I'm like, there's a wall full of fucking metal downstairs. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean, yeah, oh, yeah. really? They weren't in Chinese. I slept under them. them. You slept, slept under, under the wall the of metals. <laughs> no, the, I'm, a, I'm a, a self-proclaimed Asia-file. And we were literally in this, like haven of asian so like it's a beautiful home leather mm. couches and stuff like that but then scattered amongst are just like all these like little trinkets mm. and like you could tell that he was still very connected to his asian culture mm. and his roots right yeah yeah well his wife's there so 100 yeah. percent. she's even more connected well and not only that he brings them in like he's helping them come over yeah, yeah that's what, what his guy. job was yeah his his job was a translator for like all the kind of law contracts for mm. students that are trying to come here and have no idea what language mm. they can speak other than i guess cantonese or mandarin you gotta get yeah. some free comedy tickets or something casey to go see you yeah, oh, yeah, when you're in absolute, next time you play absolute Kingston, Yee's getting front row tickets. Oh, yeah. be your I'll, biggest I'll fan. My, no problem. I'll bring him. Not a problem. Right. Yeah. There. It's actually a great idea. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. Mm-hmm. He'll probably not understand any of the the comedy. No, no, I've got some Chinese material. Okay, good. <laughs> that's good. Um, it's <laughs> oh, good. God. Brush up on that. It'll stuff. work for. It's like hold on. The next portion will be Chinese. Everybody <laughs> else, Yee. just take no, a two no. minutes. No, no, people. You, when I do my Asian material. Asian people always come to me after the show, and they're like, we really like the Asian material. Mm. It's so funny, because white people are like, that material is racist. But the Asians love it. Anyway, um, so the next day, we find out, we had to get this Airbnb, because Mm. at the last minute, we kind of found out that on the Sunday, we're going to be driving home one of the legends back to the airport. Well, really, To the hotel. And... um, (laughs) Like, you and I did no driving. Yeah. No. Alex just drives while you guys get interviewed. Well, no, but I did not. I forgot to tell Alex. Oh, by the way, I've arranged for this with Jan. It's true. True. That, that was a, an interesting surprise. And I'm then like, we're gonna have to figure this out, you know. And luckily, we figured it out very quickly. Yeah. And it's like, but I was up for staying the night if we can find yeah. somewhere cheap. I'm like, 
fifty dollars is cheap for you guys, yeah. and you know, it was a hundred dollars for me because I was upstairs. I had a washroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I only had one pillow. Um, <laughs> that, because we, we each had children's two. Beds. We had children's beds, but I had two pillows. Fuckers! I need. I need two pillows. I. I you should a, have two pillows. I, I used a towel and I folded up the towel because <laughs> I like to hold a pillow while I sleep because I'm so lonely. And uh, so I, I try that. Yeah, so I I did it with a towel and like that was good enough. And uh, wake up in the morning, breakfast is great, conversation's great. Mm. We go off to the ambassador mm. where we're gonna meet Jimmy Hart and we're going to pick up Jimmy Hart and we're gonna drive to Toronto with the mouth of the South. Yeah. And at some, and he doesn't even know that he's doing podcasts yet, but he has no choice because once he gets in that car, he's doing podcasts. So mm-hmm. we uh, we get him in the car. He doesn't want to sit up front. He's yeah, the smallest guy. guy there. He's like, just let me sit in the back. I'll just sit in the back. I was like, Jimmy, you're not getting in the back unless it's a limo. And this is a Mazda. I didn't know. I thought it Corolla, was a Mazda. Corolla. I know. My are you guys Corolla. are we are you guys sponsored? By Adam Carolla or something. <laughs> anyway, that's pretty funny. Um, so <laughs> this is really good. So, <laughs> so Ace, we love Ace. Uh, so, so what happened Ace next man. was uh, Jimmy gets in the car, and we start driving, and everything's great, and um, you know we st- and we just start going, and then you know. Uh, Alex starts talking to Jimmy, and it's all Alex and Jimmy for like, the majority we, we, of the first hour. We just hour. sat in the back and listening. It was great. And it was great. Yeah. It was. It was like it might have been better than our interviews. Like <laughs> it was not like it was in the same tier. Like it was funny because uh, I I have that sometimes where I bring somebody in with Todd and I talk him up. And sometimes I actually I'll ask somebody something to be like, crap, why didn't Todd bring that up? And I'm sure Alex asked Jimmy stuff. We're like, we should have just like taken dog shots of the stuff Alex asked him, and we could have probably stri- we might have been able to structure slightly better interviews because it was like here's what I like the most about Alex and his style. He's he, you and I get too hardcore from time to time. And I think it's something we always in the back of our heads are like, are we hard, too hardcore? You know? And No, not for the wrestling fans. Okay. No. But there's something to be said for like accessibility and just that general connection that like, I think everybody can relate to that. So I have a great admiration for what just the conversation Alex, like, and he couldn't have asked for something better to warm Jimmy up to because it was just about family. It was about life. It was about society. There were some great uh, food recommendations across the country and the states. Like, <laughs> it was it was just awesome. And, I just love how yeah. Jimmy's biggest fear was like, I'm gonna get caught. <laughs> like, I'm gonna get caught in that parade. You know, he oh, was oh the God. Raptors. I want to clarify the Raptors parade, not the other one. He was so worried about getting caught in the Raptors parade, but had he been downtown, he would have. Yeah, for sure. Like for sure. Now that oh, we've seen the turnout of the parade, the, we, he would have been screwed. Jimmy yeah. knew something we all didn't know. Yeah, it, it was even lucky. though that he was staying in Mississauga. We were like, "Yeah, you're fine. You have no issues." But if you know, you never know. Like he didn't last know. Night, he just knew he was in Toronto. Getting into Nathan Phillips Square the night before, it was getting crazy. Because mm-hmm. like in the past, they put them up at the, they put the like when we came through with Ricky Steamboat, he stayed at the at the um, the the oh the one that's attached to the Eaton Center. If, Marriott. What's that? The Marriott, uh, or yeah. I, I think of the Marriott. But it the long long and short is if they put him up in that hotel. He would have been fucked. Yeah. He would have been able to get out. He'd be yeah. trapped. And so I can see why he's panicking on the phone with the Hulkster. 
at uh, <laughs> seven in the morning. Oh, Hulk, God. I gotta go, Hulk. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know how I'm gonna get home, Hulk. It's, it's gonna, it's, you know. I hope it doesn't. And he said he, he hope it doesn't rain on our parade, and it didn't, except for bullets. Oh. Ah. So anyway. Nobody um, was seriously hurt. I just want to point that out. Oh, really? No. Do we know that for sure? Yeah. Well, maybe in the trampling, but not from the shooting. Um, I trampling will just say, yeah. if any, if anybody was hurt, seriously, seek a lawyer and think about suing the city. Yeah. Because we have Carabana festivals every year, and those parades are organized, mm-hmm. and there's still shootings. But still... Those parades, this parade had no barricades yep. anywhere. Yeah, that was you know, kind of crazy. And when I, I'm, I'm, when I'm watching it on TV, this is so funny. Mm-hmm. When I was watching the parade on TV, I was angry because the fans were crowding the like. I watched a guy run into the ring and take Bret Hart out at WrestleMania. Yep. One guy just could have walked up to Masai mm-hmm. and yanked him right off that convertible and done whatever they wanted to him because there was no security along mm-hmm. the route. There was no barricades. Yep. People were like running up, trying to high five the players, they're approaching the vehicles as they're moving, which yeah, is that's, incredibly that's a dangerous. Idea, yeah. And then you see idiots pulling over on the Gardner Expressway, oh, yeah. getting out to watch the parade. Crazy. And to whatever city worker garbage man who pulled over his garbage truck to watch the parade, oh, I hope you fucking get fired. Yeah, like I really swear to be. God, because. People who are coming into town that don't care about the parade mm-hmm. do not need to be slowed down because two lanes of traffic has decided to make it in a parking lot so they can get out and watch five minutes of a bunch of fucking entitled millionaires parade through the town. Yeah, you Especially know, when it's on TV. Yeah, you never really see your city's true colors unless mm-hmm. it's these types of moments, which is few and far between for Toronto. Not that we don't win a lot of champions. We don't win. No, we don't. We don't win but a lot of championships. I knew it was going to happen. I mm. said, you know, it, they rioted when Montreal won the cup. Mm. They rioted when Can- Team Canada won in Vancouver. Mm. And it was only inevitable. Like, two cars got burnt uh, when they won the championship. And for John Tory to tell people, keep your kids at home. Don't go to work. Come to this. There was no water set up, station set up anywhere yeah, for anyone. Was yep. There was no barricades. No bathrooms, was, I don't think. There were no bathrooms. Mm. There was like, if you go to a concert in Nathan Phillips Square when it's set up for a concert in that area, yeah, all those you go there. through security yeah. and and metal detectors. Had, had, this was a clusterfuck. And I'm sorry this isn't about wrestling, but this is about my city, Toronto. Mm. And I don't think the, the shootings do not represent Toronto. But the city, uh, to, but to blame the shooter that caused all this, it's not it's not right because not the enough. city is negligible mm-hmm. and the city somebody's got to fucking pay and somebody's got to be fired and somebody owes the city apologies because it was so poorly set up i don't know if they had four days to set up but the minute you make the finals you start fucking planning your parade and they could have done the it least Sunday. do it every year at the beginning of the year <laughs> <laughs> they do it That's the, the difference. The they just never make it to it. And they could have done this Sunday because Game 7 was planned on Sunday and you could have done the parade on Sunday and you would have had a lot less to worry about. And this does relate to wrestling because SummerSlam's coming to the city in Toronto. Yeah. And you would assume that they should up whatever security protocols they have because there'll be stuff happening here. And, you know, I don't know. They're not going to probably utilize Jurassic Park for SummerSlam. Or maybe they will. Maybe that's something they should do. Maybe they should do a viewing party 
for SummerSlam. That'd be really smart, but you that have to have the be. security. That would be so smart and to they actually make a, draw an outdoor audience at a wrestling show. In the summer? That is something they should look into. Yeah. Wow. Who You know people. I know people in WWE. I'm going to email them that on my... Oh, no, I'll do it tomorrow. I don't want to bug them at yeah. night. And then get us all passes. Like, yeah. why not? Why yeah. not? They're going to sell it out anyways. Yeah. Why not have a party out there and get sell your gear out there? That's huge. They sell their gear outside regardless. I know, but even more so, right? Like, yeah. Or more people to go for said gear. You're right. No, it's great because you know what? Like, SummerSlam sold out really quickly. Yep. And there are people that want to be a part of it. And why not have a little stage out there and have some... Why not have a match come outside and yeah. take Elias could stage? do a concert there. Anything. Oh, they could <laughs> cut to Elias doing a concert, you know, in Jurassic Park. You know, that could be like because he did the concert at WrestleMania. This is his chance to do it again, and maybe he does the thing he did in New York, where he shows up a few weeks early and does a bu- bunch of vignettes ripping apart our fair city. Speaking of Elias, uh, back to Jimmy Hart. You know, he always gets that question: Who would you manage in today's <laughs> WWE? Yep. And because of Jimmy Hart's background in music, he's a million record-selling artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, let alone all the WWE music he and did. WCW music. Yeah. Mm. So he was like, I, you know, listen, baby, I got Elias. Is I manage the rock stars. Great. It would oh, be okay. fun to see Jimmy Hart come back. I mean, he's he's so involved in the Hall of Fame and stuff, but it'd be mm-hmm. just interesting because you, you see once in a while wrestlers return. Yeah. And it's great. Even Hulkster mm-hmm. returning with Jimmy Hart is reasonable. Oh you could you would think that's a reasonable Even request. as a one-off at a Saudi they played a, show. They played, did they not play a, Hul- a Hulk Hogan show. video? No, did but that's the play, thing. Did they not oh, play no. a Hulk Hogan video on Raw last night? I don't think so. Yes, oh, no, did. yes, they did. They, yeah, you're right. It, but it was... Um, Come on, Bilal. You did the Raw review. Yeah, yeah picture, I did. Picture show. But I, I... Oh, yeah. So I started a podcast on wrestling-edge.com, or you can just search for it. It's The Express with me, Bilal Vakani, And I review Raw. But things like Hulk Hogan doing a, pl- a built-in plug for women's soccer do not make my 10 minutes. But Hogan mm-hmm. getting cheered on Raw yeah. is worthy because we're going through... A rebuild of Hulkamania. Yep. We're trying to make him want it again. Like, you know, because for a while he was exiled yep. from the WWE because people weren't happy with him. Because um, people think he's racist. However, um, I don't think, you know, I don't think he's racist. Uh, I've, Of course, I'm. that might be because I'm white and because I feel that way. But the fact is... Is time and time again, you know, when you you listen to Booker T, like, look at the, we don't know Hulk Hogan, but why not ask the black people that do know Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. like Booker T and yep. Stevie Ray, and they credit their career to Hulk Hogan. Yep. Snoop Dogg. Like Snoop Dogg, who mm-hmm. loves Hulk Hogan. Yep. Like the Junkyard Dog, who, you know, was tag team partners with Hulk Hogan. If a guy was racist, why would he wrestle guys like Kamala? Mm-hmm. Or why would he wrestle anybody of any color? Yeah. You know, why would he go, you know, so... Also, I, I, I think it was a learning moment for well, Hulkster more than anything. We call him a racist or not racist. Mm-hmm. I think he was caught doing something that he shouldn't have been doing, whether it was a legal way of catching him or illegal mm-hmm. way of catching him. And unfortunately, this is the day and age that we live in this social media world where, mm-hmm. especially him, especially the Hulkster, who's, you know, even in a documentary proving that he's two different people. That's how famous he is, that he's literally two people. Yeah. This person is on display. At least he can separate himself, whereas Ric Flair does not want sure, to. Sure, but long story short, he should... 
he I think he's taken this learning this this note as a learning lesson for yeah. sure. And I think people make mistakes. Yeah, people Nobody deserve perfect. second chances. I, and that's and, that's basically my sentiment. And and why not like you know fucking people go to jail for three years for you know for like bigger crimes like. Yeah. He well, this is scout. not a crime. We're not for the no. sake of argument. It's literally and a life lesson. Even minor drug possession in the states is such a garbage. But it's like that from a from a. For. But the fact is to drop him from the WWE when Vince McMahon has called it John Cena one, and where Booker T has said it in in sketches or whatever. No, didn't and he where, say it once live? And he like there's like that famous video where he says he drops the M bomb. Yeah. yeah, and then I he's like, like mop. Yeah. yeah, then he's yeah. like. What the hell? Did and then I Booker just T. And then do? Booker T. Is like, yeah, what the, yeah. Or there's, or you know, like, for example, there's, you know, nobody ever brings up the fact that DX was in blackface in the middle yeah. of the ring. Oh, that was. You know, so, they've learned a lot. They've come, but again, we talked about this with Jimmy Hart mm-hmm. in the car. You know, today's political correctness landscape. It, it's funny because when you watch shows like Glow. And you see how the 80s and which bred into the attitude area of the 90s, this ability to segregate and diversify, but not in a, in a power, in, in a diver, in, in they were they were putting us not together, but tearing us apart. And that was a big thing in the 80s. Iron Sheik, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, playing into stereotypes. Yeah, they're playing into mm-hmm. these. Thank you, yeah. Bilal. Where have you been saving me from this hole that I'm digging myself into? But the, I know the, what you mean. The truth of the matter is, in today's landscape, you have to be so hard. You have to be so careful about who you're offending. That yeah. they're only. It's only going to be so. So that's why he's even said it's harder to win people over mm-hmm. or to make heels, especially yeah. because heels have to be so careful. And the second a heel is funny mm-hmm. or imparts that humor aspect, mm-hmm. you you'll never take them seriously like as a heel. Well. See, Jimmy was talking about that, and I was trying. Now, the first time he said that, um, <coughs> while I was interviewing Shockmaster, Jimmy said, "You never make money if you're funny," mm-hmm. and I said, "Well, uh, I'm pretty sure that the Bushwhackers brought in more money than the Sheep Herders ever did, mm. and the Sheep Herders were one of the most violent tag teams of all time." But then they went to the WWE and Vince made them clowns called the Bushwhackers. But it worked. And it worked for them. And it worked for them because, number one, they didn't have to cut themselves open with barbed wire every night like yeah. the Sheep Herders used to. Jeez. And they're like one of the most violent tag teams ever. And they went to WWE and got to be clowns mm-hmm. and got to go around doing their Bushwhacker thing. And you know what? I think they made a ton of money. But I think but what Jimmy meant was during like during... Like your run as a thing, but look at Stone Cold Steve Austin did comedy and did it well, and so did Kurt Angle. They both did comedy and did it well, but maybe they weren't heels at the time. Maybe if it's just your heel, you shouldn't be doing comedy. And that, but but even yeah, I guess maybe he's right. Of course he's right. He's Jimmy. I don't. Uh, you know, I, 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 Jimmy loves the current product too, and I think this is yes. the great thing is we were able to ask him. You know, like he asked us, "Who is there? Anyone who can be a big star?" And I said, "Velveteen Dream." Uh, just based on the fact, yeah. my dad. Well, now, asked now him mind you, now mind you, everything we're talking about Jimmy Hart is not on the show that will be airing in a couple of weeks mm. on our two-year anniversary. 
Um, this is just us like, hanging out with him. This is yeah, just and, hanging out with him yeah, in the car. Is, we're off the record. And we're off the record, and we're like... <laughs> he's just talking about the product that he still loves, and he still watches Raw and SmackDown. And, and there's there's some secrets that will die with us because he had an idea for the women's tag team division that I won't tell anyone because I think that should just stay between the four of us. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, I've already happened. told people last night. Oh, damn it, Casey! <laughs> but 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 it, that, but that was not on air or anything like that. Yeah. But I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I think uh, he still has some good ideas in some of the ways that the booking would go. Mm. But in in like so off the in like off the air. Uh, I forgot to ask him a few questions, and I got to put them in. Hmm. Like, number one, we'd asked him about the Bret Hart-Tom McGee match. Yeah. Because he was there. And he told us about how great the match was, and Tom, what Tom McGee, how they thought he was the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was very funny because he's like, Bret did give him a good match and just mm-hmm. basically told him what we already knew. And it's just like, that was interesting. He said, but now you can't even recognize Tom McGee. Yeah. and But now Tom McGee's famous again, you know? Uh, I thought his... Theory on why Bret Hart is always has maintained his popularity over the years. That was the best conversation mm-hmm. of the day. Where where he said, and this came from Hulkster, as I do believe he said. I might have slept during this part. You? Oh my God! Did you sleep during this part? I don't know because I well, don't remember it. He just said he goes, and we're we're talking about Bret's popularity, especially in Canada. And he was like, "Well, I've," he said he discussed it with Hulk before, and I, as from what I understand, I thought he said that Hulk had a theory where it's like. It's just things have happened to Bret Hart over the years where he ends on the the good side of the coin of mm. what's happened. Mm. Where he get you know, like, for He's example, the, the Montreal screw job. He mm. got screwed, so there's a sympathy yeah. for him. And then he had a stroke, and there's the sympathy for mm. him, and people love him. And then Owen dies. Again, there's a lot of sympathy and love for him, and people, mm. they and he, Bret keeps moving on, he keeps wrestling, and... Mm. People just love him. Not only does he have a great career, you know, and then he's such a family icon when each family member, people, they love Brett even more. And then he goes, he gets him to the, he gets to the Hall of Fame and he gets attacked. And for yeah. fuck's sakes, he's on the good side of that coin. Whereas it seems like, now he didn't say this, but it seems like Hogan can't get on the good side of the coin mm. anymore. Every time, they, you know, like Hogan's son kills somebody in a car accident uh. and he has to go to jail. Hogan's daughter fires him from being his manager she mm-hmm. just you know the, the the wife leaves and all this and all that and like hogan's had it on a downside these yeah. last bunch of years you know and uh i don't know i want hogan to start getting the good side well, of the coin again even when he won the case we lose gawker which was like a great news site so you, even when he wins we lose <laughs> you know because gawker was great that was a pretty big it was like the dead spin of news actually it was owned by the same people so it was great um now with that said we also talked about um what um what was the other question that I oh there that what's he did talk about that Andy it's, Kaufman well we mm. talked about that was mostly on the show talked about Andy Kaufman a lot and it's all very interesting so yeah. fascinating well I knew going into the show I wanted to talk to him about Andy mm. I wanted to talk to him about Brett I yeah. wanted to talk to him about Hulk Hogan of course and those were the three major ones and uh, you know mission accomplished uh, Jimmy goes in detail. About yeah. a lot of things. Uh, you know, he doesn't say anything against the WWE. Mm. Obviously, he's very pro-WWE. And uh, rightfully so. Yep. Several times he mentions, like, he reminds us, you know, that none of this, none of what we experienced this weekend would be here at all if it wasn't for Vince. Yeah. 
He goes, none of those, all those legends we know from the WWE. None of them we don't know from the WWE. And their gimmicks now haven't really changed for the most part. A lot of it is just calling back to those WWE days. And I don't really blame them for that because if they're, it's your brand is associated with that, you just have to own it. But what? But Vince has always wanted that. He's always wanted to make wrestlers like mainstream athletes. Hmm. You know, you go to these card conventions and you see baseball players and you see hmm. hockey players and you see football players. Why can't you see wrestlers? Yeah. And then I see Ric Flair showing up at a card convention and all the hockey players are marking out for him. Yeah. You know, and it's fantastic. Uh, I love watching professional teams mark out for Ric Flair. And so that was a great that was a great thing. And he said, um, Vince told him, you know, when they were building Hulk, like before the build of Hulk, at the very beginning, he's like, you know, that what I want, Jimmy is I want to take someone that's a raw talent that I can take and, you know, I can make him the champion and it can be believable and then I can put him on The Tonight Show and then I can put him on daytime television and then I can put him on MTV and then I can put him over here on the radio and then I can do this with him and then I can do that and I can do all these crossover entertainment things and this... This talent can do it all and then bring him back to wrestling and make him a superstar and then just sell merchandise. You know, it's weird the Miz didn't win that number one contenders match this week now that you mention it. How is he not going against Samoa Joe? Are you thinking that the Miz is in that level? No, but maybe he's Come in on. the U.S. Ter- tier of that level, the no, U.S. title but tier. But he's been like, but Hulk Hogan was the guy. Yeah, Hogan and Cena and, were you know, those guys. And now you know why. Mm. Ultimate Warrior wasn't. If you've ever seen Ultimate mm. Warrior on Regis and Kathy Lee, not a good interview. Mm. If you've ever seen the Ultimate Warrior on Arsenio Hall, not a good interview. Yeah, the Warrior that. cannot do what Hogan was able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hogan, you know, was Macho Man could do it, but not to the level of Hogan because Macho is still paranoid and crazy. Mm-hmm. The story he told us about Macho, I can't remember if it's on the air or not. Mm-hmm. But that listen. was insane, yeah. you know, uh, about Macho going to the WWE, you know, and uh, it, you know, so he was like, who's the next guy? Because he's like, it was Stone Cold, it was Hogan, Stone Cold, The Rock, yep. Cena, and who's next? And it was so weird because we talked about that at breakfast. Yeah. And my answer is they already had the person and she left. Oh, and Ronda Rousey. And I think it's Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey does movies. Mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey can do any talk show. Yep. She can do any TV. Yep. She's the highest selling female fighter in UFC in fighting mm-hmm. history. She sells out pay-per-views without the WWE, mm-hmm. you know, that have great buy rates. Yeah. And in one year, she went from the co-main event to WrestleMania mm-hmm. to the main event in WrestleMania and nobody's like saying that she did not belong there. Yeah, by all means. After the first WrestleMania, she said, "Has a girl ever headlined WrestleMania?" And somebody said, "No." And she's like, "We'll change that." Yeah. And you know what? Ronda Rousey was that talent that could cross over, and girls could love, mm-hmm. and guys would get behind because guys are already a fan of hers. Yep. And she had the crossover market appeal, and it's just sad, like. Kudos for her to living her dream because she always wanted to do this yep, to have a and getting out. But 
She's always wanted to be a mother. Yep. And rightfully so. The best of luck to her. But, you know, do I want Ronda Rousey back? Of course I do. And maybe she will come back. Well, we don't know. We'll have to see. That's uh, to be continued. She That shoulder was not down at WrestleMania. I'll say that. Oh, my. I, I stand by Velveteen. If it's not him, it's somebody else from NXT. But this guy, if I can make the argument, is young. He's got a great reverence for history. Like you mentioned Tough Enough and Mandy Rose mm-hmm. and Sonya Deville. I don't know if there was another wrestler who came from there. Chelsea Green, okay. who's in NXT now. Gotcha. Yeah. So here's the thing. I remember a moment during that show where he was the only guy in that house who cared enough about wrestling to watch the pay-per-view. And Do the you rest remember of them didn't he'd be even like, care. He'd be like, you guys want to go in and watch the network and nobody wanted yeah. to watch? Like, and he'd be like, you guys are lame. And, and yeah. I, I couldn't even believe that. And this is a guy, they had to retool his gimmick, but this is a guy who John Cena, who Triple H, and they're obviously doing this to make themselves feel better on some regard, but he has everything you need to be that guy. I've never seen him do a media interview, but I can't imagine he wouldn't be good at it. And I can't imagine he couldn't knock it out of the park. This guy just oozes charisma. And the thing that I mentioned to Jimmy was that, you know, my dad's a cardiologist and he very casually keeps an eye on the Raptors and on wrestling. And the only person he's ever said is that, is that guy wrestling tonight or is that guy on the show or is that guy playing is Velveteen dream because he has, he's such a character that you just, is, is he here? Is he going to be on there? And he has that ability to cross over and I believe in him. I think he's put on match after match and I know they have a terrible track record (laughs) with people on the main roster going up. And the point I didn't make the Jimmy, which I wish I made is yes, but you know what else they have? About half of the guys who are up at the top came through NXT. Whether it's Seth Rollins, yes. whether it's Finn Balor, you know, we can go down the list. Whether it's any of the women, pretty much, they came from NXT with the exception. Well, I guess Rousey did some stuff in the performance center, but she didn't really come out of NXT. Um, no. But everyone else, Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, I can go on and on. So I think he can do it. I believe he can do it. And I think he will do it. I think it's just when's the time, when the time is right and when the opportunity is there. Yeah, I think so too. And I don't, I don't think... I, if I'm a wrestler and I look at the shape of the main roster, I don't want to leave NXT right yeah, away. Yeah, no rush, for sure. And I think over a while, NXT, they should get bumps and ink. Like, look at these guys. <clears throat> sorry. These guys come into the Performance Center. Adam Cole. Mm. Uh, all these guys. They're not, they're not newbies. They're guys that have been around forever. Wrestling in PWG, wrestling in Ring of Honor, mm. wrestling all over. They know what they're doing. They just need to learn the storytelling way of the WWE. Yeah. That's where it. the lights are, where you're... Like, we have seen these network specials where Triple H is helping, you know, these guys with their entrances. He's helping their guys with their finishers. And you hear stories about this stuff, and I think that stuff's really good. And, uh, you know, I think we, we all believe that when Vince McMahon <laughs> it gets a little busy with the XFL... And Triple H is running the show that will get more of these men and women. And a lot of them are sitting on the main roster and they're ready. You know, you think about the revival. Um, They're right there. They've had the tag team. They have the tag team titles right now. And you think of every division. I'll just run it down. You think of the Intercontinental Champion. Well, it's Finn Balor. You think of the U.S. Championship and Ricochet's got the championship match at Stomping Grounds, which is a terrible name for a pay-per-view. You think of the WWE Champion you know, it is Kofi Kingston, but certainly Kevin Owens has had the chance at it. You know, you think of the Universal Champion, well, it's Seth Rollins. You think of all of these champions, and they're either from NXT 
or a number one contender has recently or can be put into that situation. And I get Brock being there. I get him coming in and giving them a little boost in the ratings because things are a little bit down. But he can't do it forever. At some point, he's going to try to go back to UFC or he's just going to not show up. He's and not going back to UFC. He's old. Yeah, maybe he is too old. He just plays that UFC card because he keeps card. it in his pocket because that's mm. his bargaining chip. Yeah. But, I, you know, I have a lot of faith in the NXT. I, I just I just think it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen sooner. My voice cracks when I say it. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Speaking of a matter of time, where are we at the show right now? It's been an hour and a half because Jeepers. we have had a great weekend with a legend. We got to have Denny's. Oh, yeah. We can't forget that. We got it. We got to talk about how he's the simplest, most southern man. And Jimmy Hart was a real tree. And just having lunch with him and being able to just really pick his brain. And he's happy to take a million photos. And he talked about how he stood on his 74-year-old legs to for every autograph at yeah. the convention. And just a big shout out as we wrap up to Jan and Justin Cousineau and, of course, all the legends that came out and... And of course, Jimmy for for spending time with us and and Casey and, and Bilal and and it's been uh, it's been a great way to celebrate a hundred episodes here at TNW where Casey just coughs and farts and uh, I'm out of gas. <laughs> he might have died on this trip. It's just happening now. Yeah, yeah I'm out of gas, so we got to end up this show. <laughs> yeah, I haven't farted in a minute, so. Um, Oh my God, my voice is going. Wow, where can we? Uh, oh yeah, follow me. Follow you. Plug your yeah, shit. Yeah, sure. Uh, at BilalV87 on Twitter. Uh, I've got the podcast on wrestling-edge.com. Just go to their opinion section. They won't give me a podcast section unless I give them exclusivity. And uh, I think Alex will tell you never give anyone exclusivity. That's correct. Ever. Unless it's me, Bilal. Nah, even you. Um, <laughs> you know, go. You should get Casey on there too. And, uh, yeah, check out the Todd Shapiro Show every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. on Canada Talk, Sirius XM 167, and he throws it up on a podcast as well. Hey, and, uh, hey, hey, what are you doing? Uh, what are you doing Friday night? Are you in uh, St. Catharines, Ontario? Because I'll be at Showtime Entertainment, 8 o'clock p.m., Friday night, first day of the summer. You don't want to spend it outside. Get, in a, get inside and listen to me tell some funny funnies. Uh, besides that, you know where to find us uh, everywhere that we said. You know, whether it be on Spotify, iTunes, uh, you know where we are. Uh, folks, it's been an hour and a half plus, you know, plus uh, on a super, super duper issue uh, of what's been a great weekend. And, uh, you know, what can I tell you? We got one week and then we got our two year anniversary episode that we're hyping up now with Jimmy the Mouse South Heart. And uh, it's something that you don't want to miss. Thanks for letting us put a headlock in your ears, and we'll talk to you next time. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 